0: Good morning, Holy Communion. This is a new view for me. I'm used to looking at the backs of your heads, but it's wonderful to look at your faces this morning. And as I look out at your faces, I'd like to begin this morning by saying thank you. I'm what you might call a mature vocation. God has been tugging at my heart for a very long time. But it was in this community, when my family and I finally came to rest in one place, that I was called forth to pay attention to that tugging. It was your model of love and community, your way of being church to one another and to the larger world, that moved me to stop and pay attention to what God might be saying to me. For that, I thank you. Now, on some days this first semester of seminary, I've wanted to say, what were you thinking? <laughs> it's been hard. <laughs> I was expecting the academic rigors of seminary. But it was the process of questioning everything I thought I knew and reexamining it in a new light it has been a little bit unsettling. They tell a story to the new students at Eden about a woman who was walking in a familiar place while she was texting, and she fell into a fountain. Of course, she was totally embarrassed, and she even threatened to sue when the video of it went viral. But in a TV interview, she was asked if she learned anything from the experience. And she said, absolutely. I learned the dangers of walking and texting. That fountain had been empty. It could have been far more than humiliating. I could have been terribly hurt. I might have missed important cues. So that's what we students this semester have been asked to do, to look up, to notice, even in the familiar territory of our faith, important cues that we may have missed in that familiarity and certainty. Today's readings call us to do the same thing, to look up and notice, even in the very familiar story of the epiphany, something new that God might be trying to tell us. We tend, in our culture, to see epiphany as the end of this long season of Christmas. By now, the tree is down, the decorations are put away, company's gone home, we're back to school or work, It's pretty much back to business as usual. But today's readings offer us a very different vision. They have the feel of a surprise party. The prophet Isaiah tells downtrodden Israel, who has had to pay homage to so many other foreign powers, that she will now be revered and honored. The foreign powers will bring gifts to Israel. The surprise is that God is revealed in Israel, not in the powerful, not in the winners, not in the ones we would expect. But God is revealed in a people who have suffered, who have made mistakes, and in a people who have not always been faithful. Isaiah says, lift up your eyes and look around. God's ways are not always in the familiar or the comfortable. We need to pay attention to look up to see where God is moving. It's important to note that this light which Israel proclaims, that beckons all nations, is a reflected light. The brilliance that calls others is the glory of the Lord that has risen in Israel. It's God who is the light. God who shines through even the thickest darkness. Isaiah tells us that God's people don't generate the light. They are vessels. We don't generate the light through what we do. We can only gather the light and disperse it all around us. I think it's easy for us to get that backwards. We think we have to work very hard to be good, to be light, to be holy. We have to make God love us so God can shine through us. But the prophet says, no, no, no. Lift up your eyes and look around. God is all around us. We don't have to work harder or do heroic things. We have to be present to what already is. God is in the most ordinary and mundane parts of our day. God is in our cubicles and our classrooms, our kitchens and our gutters. God is in those whom we deem unacceptable or other. My good friend, Tim, is a volunteer GED teacher at the Maximum Security Prison in Potosi. He works with men who are on death row or who are in prison for life. These are men who have committed heinous crimes. Tim tells me that some of these men have learned to knit Now they can't have knitting needles in maximum security prison with the sharp, pointy edges. So they knit on pencils with donated yarn. And there's a guy in this group who figured out how to create a pattern for a stuffed dog that resembles a beloved service dog at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. So now the men get together on a regular basis and they knit stuffed dogs to donate to Cardinal Glennon for children to take home when they leave the hospital. These men, who we might think of as monsters, or disposable human beings, are gathering in the light and dispersing it to bring comfort to sick kids. God is in the most unexpected places. If only we will pay attention. The surprise continues with the familiar story of the Magi. We know it well, and it's a comforting story. The Magi make it. They find the sweet baby lying in the manger, and it's a beautiful ending to our Christmas season. But this story would have been a scandalous epiphany to Matthew's audience. The Magi were stargazers. They were quacks, considered to be charlatans, A Jewish rabbi wrote long before the birth of Christ, he who learns from a magi is worthy of death. So few in Matthew's largely Jewish audience would have welcomed these stargazers from a foreign land, a land, in fact, in which Israel was once held captive. It would have been scandalous for them to consider these astrologers from a foreign land mingling with God's Christ. But that is exactly what Matthew tells us, that all are included, not just the ones we expect or consider worthy by our standards. In fact, it's the very people we find hard to love or accept that may sometimes lead the way. Matthew is calling his audience and us to look up, and see the story of God with us in a new light. Emmanuel comes to reveal the light of God for all people, of all colors and races, all genders and orientations, the rich and the poor, and yes, even Republicans and Democrats. The reach of God's grace is beyond our wildest imagining. If only we will open our eyes and look up to see glimpses of it all around us." The Magi were paying attention. They noticed something in the skies. Something was happening and they stayed alert to see what it was all about. But this was their day to day. They were astrologers who looked for signs in the skies. That's what they did. They were paying attention in their ordinary circumstances. Even in the midst of political tension, in the midst of bad rulers, desert landscapes, they kept looking up. They paid attention to the ugly as well as the beautiful and let their dreams lead them away from Herod, home on a new path. The celebration of epiphany, calls us to do the same, to look up, to pay attention, even in the midst of our own day-to-day reality. Being a person of faith doesn't mean living apart from the world, from the beauty and the tension and the struggles. It calls us to open our eyes to all of it and to see God in the midst of it. Epiphany is about reverence. The priest and writer Barbara Brown Taylor tells us, reverence stands in awe of something, something that dwarfs the self, that allows human beings to sense the full extent of our limits so that we can begin to see one another more reverently as well. The prophet Isaiah called the people of his day to stand in awe of the light of God that shone in such an unexpected place. The Magi were brought to their knees in awe at the surprise of finding the baby in the manger in Bethlehem. Where do we stand in awe? What keeps us from seeing the light that is all around us? Maybe we can begin to see Epiphany not as an ending of the season, but as a fresh call to gather in the light of God so that we may reflect that out to a broken world. Remember, we don't generate the light. That's God's job. Our job is to be open to seeing and experiencing the light, even in the most unexpected people. In places and circumstances, we might just as well prefer to overlook. Our job is to be present, to put down the phone and watch where we're going lest we stumble into the fountain. It's to notice the beauty and the pain that is all around us lest we become numb to where God might be speaking. We don't need to set resolutions for doing more things better. Maybe the gift of epiphany for us can be to do less, to slow down, to pay attention, and to realize that God is among us even when we least expect it. Amen.